0: To
1: Welcome to He Said, She Said Razor Branding Podcast with Michael Russo and Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit BrandRusso.com.
0: Welcome to He Said, She Said Razor Branding Podcast. Today, Michael and I have what has to be our favorite guest of all time. We're just talking to each other. No outside party to share their silly preconceived notions. No expert telling us how they do it right. This is just Michael telling us how Michael does it the right way.
1: Well, we talked about, you know, this week, we're not going to have a guest on. We're just going to kind of share our wisdom of uh, the branding world. A few, you know, if you haven't already, we uh, wrote a book about two years ago called He Said, She Said Branding. And it is uh, kind of the story of our agency with a lot of um, insights and principles and best practices for branding that we've learned over the years. And I thought, you know, we would kind of take that a little bit at a time and kind of break that that out and talk about it. And one of the main things I think that we talk about a lot is um, what is a brand? I think you know you can't really get into branding until you've defined that. And um, I talk a lot at schools and when, when I go into universities and I, I ask the students, I'm like, what is a brand? And I always get the same answers that I'm sure you do, too, Jackie. Um, it's a logo. It's an identity. It's a way to represent yourself. It's a, it's a lot of different things. And they're not wrong. Those aren't wrong descriptions of what a brand is. But we have our own brand and uh, our own idea of what a brand is. And uh, you want to talk about that a little bit?
0: I do. When I travel for speaking engagements and even just meeting uh, prospective new clients for the first time, I also am encountering that, you know, and I teach these workshops, whether it's through Opportunity Machine or the Small Business Development Center or LEDA and all these different organizations. And then I do consulting through the Edward Lowe Foundation. And the consistent thing I hear all the time is this preconceived notion that branding is just the logo. And I always have to tell him it's the brand identity. Really, if you want the best way to think about branding, you go to Marty Neumeier's definition from his book, The Brand Gap. Now, I don't know if he's the first person to ever say it, but I think he really got it because he said, in its essence, a brand definition number one in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary should be an emotional connection between a person and a company its products, or its services. Paraphrasing, but that's the gist of it. And so the emotional connections the brand. And I think the takeaway of that is to remember that it's the person's emotional connection. So it's how the person feels, which is why one group of people can be um, just obsessively in love with Apple products and another group of people exactly hates them because that's their feelings. The other thing to take away is that it's feelings, it's not thoughts.
1: Whittling it down further it is, um, and I don't know if he says this or not, but it's a brand is a, a gut reaction. You know, it's it's something that you feel inside. It's why do you like something? Sometimes it's hard to define. You can't put your finger right on it and say that that's the emotion part, right? It's like how do you understand emotions? Why does it make you feel a certain way? And then when you get into emotions, people get kind of kind of sideways with that because like, okay, is that happy or sad? No, it's just a feeling. What makes you feel something? Like, why do you choose this peanut butter over another peanut butter? Why do you like this company over another? They did something or they make you feel a certain way. And that is part of that emotional connection.
0: What's the difference between gut feeling, what you said, and emotional connection, what I said? I believe they're the same thing. I, I think they are, but it's the, I think... <laughs>
1: You know, an emotional. Yes, that is like the, the scientific, maybe professional way to say it. The, the okay, gut so part, for the
0: record, if there's an official record keeper, I said emotional connection. He corrected me. He changed it to gut feeling. And he's now admitted it's the same thing.
1: I'm not saying it's the same thing. And it's kind of the same thing, but it's not. Because I think when you when you when you say when you say gut reaction, a gut feeling, that's something internal. You know, it's 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 not passing like emotions. Like, Yeah. Okay. Let's say this is the same thing. I'm just saying it differently. Let's just
0: say, let's just say. When you,
1: when you, when you feel something inside and, and a lot of times, I guess what I'm getting at is you can't always pinpoint what it is. You know, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't, you know, there was a touch point that came across you at a certain time in your life. It made you feel a certain way. Um, or it could just be like in a B2B world. You had a good experience. You had a good emotional bond with that, that salesperson or that company or that product. It made your life easier. Somehow you found a way for that product to enhance what you do every day somehow. But that is, that is part of that reaction. You know, what makes you feel a certain way? At the end of the day, we all, we're always making choices. I mean, you talk about that too, right? Like our brand choices, where do they come from?
0: Well, I think that the interesting thing about all of this is to say, we've got to talk about separation. It's got to be about differentiation. You can't build a brand if you blend in. If you look and sound like everybody else, there's no brand building going on. If you're following all the industry standards and you're doing what everybody else in your industry does the same way they do it, then you will not be seen because I'm going to keep using the same resource I've always used. I have no reason to change. What so are you doing it, that's more important than this?
1: I'm, I'm looking down at the book. Actually oh, you're, you're looking
0: up at your own book for references?
1: Well, you know, it's been a while. And I mean, the thing is, we we talk about this a lot. And a lot of times it's surfaced to get into the weeds of it. And I don't want to get into the weeds today or anything. But I think it's really important. I think when everybody some people don't think they have a brand, especially when small businesses, especially in the B2B community, um, businesses, they are like, Okay, I'm, I'm too big for that. I, I'm not selling peanut butter. I'm not selling diet soda. I'm not selling things that people are emotional about. How do you transfer that? Jackie, though. I mean, you know, I, I think there's ways to do it. And I think there's still tie-ins with that. And um, I think B2B gets a bad rap because business to business, you're like, okay, that's a business. It's, it's stuffy. It's straightforward. It's bland. It's boring. And that's the problem. That's the problem right there is that people think that way and they don't get any deeper. They don't get to the level of what do we do? How do we affect people's lives? How do we change behavior?
0: Well, and I think the interesting thing about that is if you're going to those emotional connections or gut feeling, as you like to call it, and you're talking about standing out and you're talking about changing behavior, you've got to give them a reason to choose you. And that's where so many people fall into this commodity wrap where they think they're going to differentiate, quote unquote, on price. And so they feel like if they're the cheapest, they'll be the chosen. And cheap doesn't equal choice unless you're a straight up commodity. So you're a bottle of water or a jug of milk. Sure. You may get away with it. It may be just about price, but for everybody else out there, you need a unique point of differentiation. There has to be something fundamentally better about your company, your product, or your service that allows you to be the chosen one.
1: So it's not a, it's not a, we have the best service. We're a one-stop shop. We, you know, th- these are the kind of things that we do all the time, right? It's like, I, I want to be everything to everybody. How do you dig deeper past that?
0: Well, it all starts with the, as we talk about in the book and in this podcast and the blog and every other thing, it's raise your branding. It goes back to point number one, who focus, who are you trying to connect with? Because In your space, whatever that industry might be, in your company, for this particular specific narrow target audience segment, being a one-stop shop actually might be a differentiator. The the way you may pull people towards you is because they're frustrated and tired with having to go to five different vendors to get what they need. Now they can go to one place and get everything. So that may be a unique differentiator in this space. I look at 15 other categories where every business says that and everybody's the same. So that's not unique and special.
1: So what we like to say on our level, and at least on my side of the building, is we change the conversation. We try to change what's already been said. We try to do it a different way. We try to change in the category to where if you're just like everybody else, how do we make you different without a false truth, right? You have to be authentic and you can't make up stuff just to be different. But there probably is something inside of what you do and how you do it that is an undeniable truth, right? But the hard part is finding it, finding what that truth is, finding that one thing that you can build your brand promise around. That's another thing, the brand promise. I mean, there's so many things to kind of get into, but that all ties in back to what is a brand, right? If you don't have any heart to it, if you don't have any emotion, if you don't have any of these things, then it's just words basically. And you can't fake it. You know, I mean, I think people nowadays, they own, they control the brand. So if you try to dictate what it's going to be, they're going to figure it out and they don't like to be manipulated. So all you can do is influence it and help guide it, but you can't tell people what to think.
0: You used to be able to, and that's why businesses, I think have had such a hard time with the transition since about 2010, where they can no longer tell people what to think, how to feel, what to believe. Um, Now they're getting called on it. It used to be, it was all marketing was messaged through broadcast one way communication. So I'm going to use TV or radio or newspaper or billboards, and I'm going to tell you what to think. Well, the world had a seismic shift when social media came along, because now a consumer can go and read the reviews of other consumers. Now a consumer can go do more detailed research than ever before. Now a consumer can have a two-way conversation. And these consumers have, in some cases, more followers or a bigger audience than traditional advertising. There are plenty of people who have a much bigger following on social media than TV stations have viewers and radio stations have listeners. So now the power, the the brand, is truly in the heart of the beholder, and the power is in the keyboard of the user. And um, these these keyboard clackers, as they are, the keyboard critics they've got to be heard. They've got to be understood. They've got to be uh, considered. You can't just uh, roll over them or through them.
1: So you have like one voice can really carry right now in today's world, which is a great Absolutely. thing because, right. I mean, I remember when social media was coming out, it was, oh, that this is a great for branding because we can now connect with the consumers. We can have conversations with them. We can talk one-on-one, get their feedback. We can have new opportunities to build our tribes. Right. But man, if you don't handle it properly and you get one sour person or something's not right. I mean, they can they can really sabotage everything because they have a loud megaphone.
0: So you've got companies. uh, I I saw a chalkboard uh, outside of a, um, a pizza place in New York the other day that said, come in and try the world's worst ever slice of pizza per that one guy on Yelp. You know, they could get mad at the Yelp reviewer or they can use it in marketing. And, you know, I think we've all seen the scene in Elf where Buddy goes from coffee shop to coffee shop throughout the city and it's world's best coffee, world's best coffee. Well, first of all, he didn't like coffee at all. And second of all, they can't all be the world's best. And yet he's congratulating each of them. Cute scene. But the point being, don't make those false promises. Actually stand by some level of authenticity. And that happens when you stop trying to put out this broad message that's going to appeal to everyone, but actually connect with no one and instead put out a very narrow, specific, targeted message that's going to appeal to one particular person and have faith that there are thousands of other people who want that same thing that one person wants.
1: And I think it's I mean, that is, you know, good advice, uh, but I think a lot of people that not even. You? Well, no, it is, <laughs> but you can't get there even, you can't even get there until you kind of um, hold the mirror up, you know, you have to be able to know who you are too. We talk a lot about our audiences and messaging towards them, but I, I believe that none of that can happen until, you know, you look at yourself, you know, you have a good idea of who you are, what you're about, what are you trying to provide? I mean, internally out to, outside of that, you know, you have to really look under the hood and figure out. Are we, are we, what we say we are, you know, um, otherwise is it, is it genuine?
0: Well, and so that all goes back to the, the four, um, major tenets of razor branding starts with focus. Who are you talking to? Because if you are going to say to somebody, I'm the right one for you, well, who's the you? Because somebody may have the exact perfect product for you, Michael Russo, and it is far from the right product for me, Jackie Russo. So Pick who you're talking to and you got to know everything about them. You got to know their demographics. You've got to know their psychographics. You got to know their pain points. You got to know their personality profile. You have to know everything there is to know to really connect with them. Most importantly, know their perceptions about the company, the industry, the products, the services, et cetera. The second piece is a promise. And now what are you promising them that's different than what everybody else is promising them? How does the company and its products and services stand out from all the competition? There's a lot of companies out there. There's a lot of noise. So, what are you going to do with your company and the messaging that is uniquely special? What mental real estate is yours to own? Yeah, I like How to call that the why.
1: That's the why. Like, why should I pay attention? Why do Correct. I? Why, Correct. You know, it's why should anybody care? Yeah.
0: Exactly. The third piece is connection. That's the what. What are we going to say to get their attention? I'm a, uh, I guess, recovering media buyer. And when I went through media buying school, which is really cool. It's like top gun school but media buying, it's very similar. Um okay, maybe not. The point is though, at that time which was before social media, we were told that the average person saw about 1500 ads a day. Now, it's about 10,000. So how are you going to cut through the clutter? How are you going to separate yourself? It's got to be a message. Now, you and I vary a little bit on this point. I personally believe there's kind of a philosophy out there that says you make the target audience the subject, the hero, the point of the story so they feel seen and heard and the company and its products and services become the guide. So Apple's ads aren't really about Apple's products. Apple's ads are about me and how I can have a better life with these products. I
1: and I, I don't disagree with that, but our contention is that you there's a lot of there's a lot of books out there there's a lot of philosophies out there there's a lot of uh how do you how to how to do branding how to do this how to do that right and everybody's got um a philosophy and you came across one that is by Mr Donald Miller uh, called the building a story brand and and I I mean he's done a great job of packaging up what he does on which I'm sure he's you know very successful at his agency much bigger than we are um but he packaged all this up and now offers it kind of as a do-it-yourself branding model. And if you follow these steps, you can end up with the right result. I agree with putting the you know the, the client as the hero and making them the you. But sometimes when you go into like a system like that, it doesn't, it just doesn't always work, you know, and you can
0: say it well, always it doesn't does. doesn't have to be, now I'm not saying you have to follow the system, but you even look at our friend Park Howell, who wrote The Business of Story. These are I am not a naturally gifted storyteller like you are. You see it as lyrics and notes and music and you see it as this kind of um, it's got a beat and a rhythm to it. I can't find a beat in a song if you paid me. So I look to these people, you and them, these great accomplished storytellers, because that's not a a natural skill set that I have.
1: Yeah. But the, the, like I said, the problem is when, sometimes when you go through and look, if you don't have an agency, that's fine. And you want to do it yourself. That's fine. But we've had clients that have gone through this process and come back. And what ends up being is you, you fill out these basically you answer these questions and you put all these questions together. And if you follow this formula, you end up with the messaging. Right. And it sounds like everybody else's messaging. You know, that that's the part that, that you kind of fit yourself back into a hole. If everybody's doing the same thing, it's going to end up sounding the same way.
0: But here's the thing. That's why we have a job is I I don't think that everybody's a naturally gifted copywriter. I don't think that everybody's a naturally talented graphic designer. And I don't doubt there are these systems or Canva where you can kind of fake your way through it. At the end of the day, the strategy for this. Really digging into focus, promise, connection, and then harmony and the strategy of how to unite each of those pieces to make sure that someone has a true strategic brand plan for success and they're not just wasting their money. That's where the magic happens. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. And um, again, it, it, your has needs to be about it's just not as easy as saying you in front of it. You have a problem. We're going to fix it. It's like, okay, that's great. Um, it's sometimes I don't it's about, know that
0: anybody thinks that's the solution. Is that your <laughs> takeaway?
1: <laughs> sometimes that's what it sounds like. I need you I in the sentence so. and that'll make it all better. And that's not it. Oh, it's, about, Michael. it's about allowing your client, whoever that is, to see themselves in your product or service. So they can imagine what's going on. They can say, Oh, I see that they get me, they understand my world. And for therefore they're going to, they're part of my, my existence, my tribe. So I'm going to join. We're we're all together on this, right? I mean, there's so many different levels when it comes to branding. I mean, there's the the whole side of, I just want this brand because it represents me. It shows my allegiance to something, or it says that I am really smart. It says I'm really creative because I have an Apple sticker on my car or whatever that may be, you know, but The deeper level of that, sometimes it's just about solving a problem. You know, I have a problem in my life. This product, this service, this company is going to fix it for me. They're going to make my day that much easier. I'm not going to have to worry about this. And and that's a big part of today's world, too, because everything's moved so fast. Right. So how do you communicate that? How do you have that emotional connection that you're on their team?
0: Well, I think that you have to start with knowing who you are. And then knowing who you're trying to attract, I think you know, I just you were said talking that. About, See
1: now, but, if you wave your but hands, I used my
0: hands. I no, did. I used my hands. I made it I'm sound wa- smarter.
1: I'm watching you. It doesn't mean it's different. I just said that.
0: But that's the thing. You talk about putting the apple sticker on the car, and that tells somebody that you're creative. Um, you know, people want to go to Harvard because that tells people that they're smart. It, yeah, that brand um, affiliation and affinity is what attracts people to certain companies, products, and services, is that borrowed glory that they get. That's oh, why people wear name Look, brand clothes and drive a name brand car.
1: I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I know Molly will never listen to this, so it doesn't matter. But um, so Molly went to Tulane. I got a new a new shiny looking um sweatshirt, t-shirt thing. Has Tulane on it. Green. Only green thing I own. And I love wearing it. I'm like, I'm, I'm part of the Tulane club now. My daughter goes there by de facto. I mean, I would never, I didn't even know where Tulane campus was. I, they wouldn't have let me near campus when I was that young. So, um, so it's a nice little add on to my life now.
0: She's taking a podcasting class, so she might very well listen to this. She will never listen to this. I don't know. If she'll make it all the way to this point of it, but I think she's going to listen to it and you're going to be found out. But, you know, but that, it's a, such a
1: small example, but it's a real example. You know, like I said, when I wear... Tulane green shirt. I'm like, you know, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an impressive school. It's neat. My daughter goes there and it's like, it, it, it embodies who I am a little bit more. Now I'm not leaning on that. I'm like, Oh, I'm not buying season tickets to Tulane or anything like that. I'm not, you know, Wait, you don't that. think
0: that parents should buy season tickets to a school when their kids go there?
1: Well, I just, I wouldn't, I barely go to my, my home huh. games as it is.
0: That's a whole other point of contention. We'll talk I about I in I go.
1: You know, I go, I just don't, I don't stay the whole time.
0: Or sometimes even until halftime. Well, I yeah I have been this
1: year and and it's not. Meanwhile, cause...
0: meanwhile, anyway. let's talk about this real quick. So you put on the Tulane green and you see that as a badge of honor that you are wearing and proclaiming to the world how proud you are of your fourth and final child for getting into that school.
1: Absolutely.
0: Other people see that logo and they think snob, or private school elitist, or southern or all kinds of different things. And so I think that's why people run to this safe choice of not really standing up for anything because they're worried that it's going to put them in a bucket and not everybody's going to like that bucket. And so one of the first things we have to accept is not everybody's going to like you and it's okay.
1: That's hard. That's hard. Because of what kind of personality you are. You know, I I want people to like me. You wouldn't know that. It's not about,
0: it's business. It's business, but and even in business, business,
1: in business, I, I, name I,
0: one thing, name one product, one company, one service that everybody likes name one.
1: Um, yeah, that'd be hard.
0: No, I, I mean, I've been teaching this class for years. There's not one. So
1: what's there's not point?
0: one. My point is there is no one size fits all. There's no magic here. There's no way the entire world, or an entire country, or even an entire state, can like one thing. I mean, you are in the heart of Saints territory, and yet you insist on liking that that team in Dallas. <laughs>
1: not, they didn't win last night. The Saints lost.
0: So you admit it? No, You're I'm a just a Dallas Cowboys I, fan. If,
1: if I was, then that would be the case. But I'm I'm not. Anyway, I, I agree with all that, though. I think um. It's hard not to get emotionally attached, especially when it's your company and it, no, you, you
0: want people to be emotionally attached. Emotionally you know, attached is a good thing. The
1: owners, the business owners or the brand managers, it's hard for them not to be attached to, you know, you get a bad like, or somebody makes a comment, it it, it can hurt. And it's supposed to hurt a little bit. Right. I mean, you know, no, uh, that's, that's, they're not yes. your people. They're not yeah, your people. It depends. Nope. So is it something you did to cause it? Is it something that you could correct or make better? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, Jack. I mean, I think you have to strive for that you have to strive to make everybody like you you accept the fact that no
0: no no stop trying to make everybody like you that is the death of branding
1: i want you are
0: not chocolate michael not everyone can love you
1: i know but i want to try my best at it i I agree with the principle yes yes you can't you try to speak to everybody you know speaking to none i mean that's the idea and and you want to be more focused with it um but you could have multiple nope.
0: audiences Yes, nope. you can, Yes, she can. That's two different things then. We're talking about two different things. Pick one audience, the low-hanging fruit, the people who are already most likely to love you and build a relationship with them, a true committed relationship. Yeah. Then you get spillover into those other audiences. But if you're trying to reach two, three, four audiences at a time, you're going to connect with no one.
1: Yeah, and we're going through that right now with a couple of clients. I mean, um, on a national level, they're trying to, basically they're, they're they're preaching to the choir. They're talking to the same people over and over again. I'm like, okay, they know you. You, they're gonna, they're gonna love you, they're gonna get with you, they're not gonna get with you. But they're so into that, that little audience group. I think that there's other audiences out there. You know, there's they can widen the scope. They can stop preaching to the same choirs, get out of the same journals, get out of the same conferences and still do those things. They need to do that, but but there's other places, there's other things, there's other audiences to go explore.
0: When it comes down to it. The whole point has to be finding your target audience segment. It's a piece of the target. It's not even, so it's not the whole world. It's not even the whole target audience. It's a segment of that. And you do, you know it inside and out. You know them by demographics. You know them by psychographics. You know them by pain points. You know about by personality profiles. You know everything you can know. And then you figure out that brand promise and then you figure out that connection, that message, what you're going to say that's really connect with them. And then you get to the fourth piece. And this is where most people really lose it because they try to be everywhere. So I'm, I'm going to do a little of this and I'm going to do a little of that. I'm going to do a little of this. And you're going to just waste a whole bunch of money in a whole bunch of places trying to reach as many people as possible instead of being very focused and very committed and getting frequency. Frequency is the goal. One person seeing one message one time will do nothing for you. However, the right person seeing a message enough times will change your life.
1: If you haven't guessed by now, Jackie is what I call an anchor sometimes to the fun part of my day. Um, and, and, in a good way, it has to happen. Like there's, we, we, we differ on some things we call it the duality of branding. And I think it's important to talk about too, because I want to be very creative sometimes and I want to kind of go jump to the messaging and I want everybody to love what we're doing and love our clients and love everything. But she is the, um, the reality check. It's like, Hey, we need to, we need to focus back on what we're supposed to be doing right now. And you have to have both. And I think a lot of times, especially if you work with agencies, you, maybe you have a really creative agency and they do some really creative work. But there's zero strategy behind it. And it just ends up being, you know, pretty pictures sometimes. Um, If it's all strategy, no creative, it's boring, you know? So there's got to be a mix. There's got to be happy mix where you balance all that. And we try to really, really focus on that a lot. Because if I can't go write anything really great and create anything visually really great, unless we, you know, do what you're saying, which is understand who we are, understand who it is we're talking to.
0: I like that you called me the anchor.
1: I meant that in a good way cuz anchors sometimes keep you, you keep did. you stable. It doesn't doesn't slow you down. It's but not I'm like a bunch bike
0: brakes. That's the opposite. I'm mm-hmm. the one who's always like go go. You're the one who's slow slow.
1: Yeah, but we're talking a different kind of thing.
0: Oh, okay.
1: An anchor that keeps it steady, not slows you down.
0: Okay, then I'm a rudder.
1: No, cuz you're not
0: moving. We need to be moving. We're
1: a a sailboat in a bay, and there's an anchor holding us steady so we can Mm -hmm. stay where we need to be.
0: This analogy has gone so far off the track.
1: Okay, you can be a rudder if you want. Okay, Jackie's our rudder. I want
0: to be a rudder. Or can I be the the big uh, wheel?
1: I don't think we need to work on our (laughs) boat terminology. Okay, obviously. You brought it up. We don't sail and we don't boat.
0: No, obviously I'm embarrassed. I have been sailing and I am embarrassed at how badly don't, we're doing don't with don't this throw analogy. That out there. Don't
1: throw that out there. Like, like you're cool. I've, I've been sailing.
0: I've been surfing. Like you haven't done that in 20 years. So it doesn't count anymore. I think it still counts as something I did. I didn't say I currently do yeah, it.
1: But see that that's branding. You tried to just up your game by there, by saying that you oh, used to sail. Oh, my game is
0: up, baby. My game is so up. Anyway,
1: um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I love talking about branding though. I think it's, you know, for us, it's been a journey. Um, it's not, and I think we're still trying to explain to people, that's the thing, you know, it, it's still a misunderstood, you know, like when we talk about ROI on that, like from a traditional ad agency or traditional approach to marketing yourself, um, generally it's like people want immediate immediate gratification, right? They want to run an ad and feel an immediate pulse in, in what they're doing. You know, I think there's a long-term play with branding. There are some short-term benefits, obviously, but the long-term play goes in and out. It's, it's internally, it's with your team and your staff and understanding what you do helps build your culture. Um, and externally, it, it it connects you with your consumers on a long-term basis, you know? You don't want them just to buy once, you want them to come back, right? To be happy over and over again, to understand the benefits that, that you provide as a company and a service. And, you um, that takes time, you know, um, to, to, to build that trust and build that loyalty. I agree. And how would you describe an ROI? If you're trying to sell branding to someone versus somebody who's, Hey, I just need a couple of billboards and some social media ad campaign. And you're like, no, 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 we need to back up. We need to first answer these questions first. That's the important part. How how do you sell that?
0: exactly like that. Like, listen, if you're just looking for somebody to go design a billboard for you, call the billboard company. That's what they do. And they do it really well
1: but beyond who doesn't hold on
0: you asked me how i do this okay now you're gonna tell me how to do it
1: well no i'm just saying that like from from like if i'm looking for something and um i have already a guy come into me and he says hey man we have the best followers and this huge reach and all this other stuff and you're like hey i'm gonna jump into that because it's a good deal reach all these people but you haven't answered the questions of who i am who i'm trying to reach what am i trying to say then does it even matter
0: Well, you know, our clients are not really the people who have radio reps drop in to sell them a schedule. Um, When I think about the things that our clients sometimes get caught wasting money on, it's more like Google digital ads or social media ads or direct mail, stuff like that. And what I see happening is they, they get very tactically focused. And so what I point out to them is if you wanted to build a house... Is the very first thing that you do call the lumber yard and say, I would like you to bring me a truckload of plywood and a bunch of nails, please? No, the very first thing you do is you create a blueprint of where the walls are going to go and how big it's going to be and how many rooms it's going to have and what function each room is going to have. And then you get a materials list and then you get a paint schedule and then you have all these steps before anybody cuts or hammers anything. And I believe that building a brand works the same way as building a house. Instead of a blueprint and a materials list and a paint schedule, you're going to have a strategic brand plan and an annual calendar and uh, a message and a true understanding of who you're trying to reach. Same philosophy, just different uh, work. And so when you have that strategic brand plan, then you are going to be a lot more successful because you can monitor measure and modify the things that you're doing throughout the year per the plan because n- no plan is perfect and no tactic drawn up in um, the fourth quarter of one year is going to be perfectly effective in the third quarter of the next year. I think we're really good at planning. And I look back on all the strategic brand plans that we created for 2020 and Michael, not one of them said in March, shut the world down. So we we only have so much of a crystal ball before us. And that took a lot of modification um, when that happened. And so it, to me, it's really about having a plan that's got enough flexibility that it can grow as things succeed or um, get modified as maybe things don't work as well as you want.
1: Well, I think it helps, too. I mean, you, you almost it's hard to look in the mirror. It's hard. It's hard to be be honest with yourself sometimes. Um, and that's why you need a third party almost sometimes to come in and give you that assessment um, to look at things from an outside viewpoint to find out what your what your audience is saying about you. What are the perceptions out there? Um, You may think that you're viewed a certain way, but then you come to realize that you're not. And how do you how do you go about addressing those needs?
0: My favorite phrase these days is you cannot read the label from inside the bottle. As soon as someone in the company asks a question, they are influencing the answer. It's just basic market research. So you need that outside third party to ask the right questions of the right people and give the respondent enough space to be honest with their answer because they're always worried about hurting people's feelings. And so when you have true intel, then you can make true decisions based on good information instead of uh, the sales guy's perception or the president's thoughts of what it should be versus what it really is.
1: Well, okay. So you have that. Great. Super. How many clients have we gone into and they've put on the desk three or four consultancy reports that they got over the past three years and not one of them has been implemented because no one knew how or it just never it never happened. So having that insight is great. How do you implement it? You know, I mean that's the hard part. That that's that's what it comes down to at the end. I mean you can everything's out there these days. The internet allows you to go and find research, to look at your audience, to find out what's going on. You can figure some of those things out. I think the hard part is is implementing, you know, and like how do I how do I pull the trigger? How do I make this happen?
0: Well, I'm, I'm guessing you're just teeing me up so that I can answer that question because I know you know the answer. I am. That's why we don't just make... Oh, okay, good. All right. I was like, wow, are you confused about what we do here? Um. That's why we don't just make strategic brand plans and hand them over to people. I remember when we did that and then we would hear back from the client later, oh, this didn't work. And I said, well, did you do this? No. Did you do that? No. Did you do that? No. Well, you mean it didn't work because you didn't do it? Well, we got busy. I was like, okay. So that's why we now go implement that plan i know we weren't going to turn this podcast into some big promo for us so i'm not going to spend a lot of time on that but you have to have people who understand the plan inside and out and have the um wherewithal talent base and time to go implement the plan
1: well yeah and i'm yeah i don't want to get plugging on us or anything i mean even though you know that's what we do um i think you know having because i think about it our People that are working with right now, the most successful, they have rock star marketing managers. They're so good. Like they're not threatened. They are open to ideas. They're great communicators and they are great brand managers. You have to have somebody in, on the inside that can drive the ship because, you know, an agency can never do that. They can make recommendations. They can help. They can help, you know, facilitate a lot of the needs. But at the end of the day, you have to have somebody on board that's a believer that gets what branding is, that, that they understand the importance. They understand that every touch point matters, you know, from how you're answering the phone to to how you're ha- having meetings off site. I mean, all those things matter. And, you know, I used to talk about like um, touch points, you know, can affect a brand. Like there was a, um, a, a downtown center that we, that we represented a long, long while back. And I used to say, you know, one of their touch points was rain, <laughs> you know, it's an outdoor event. And if it rains that day, people are going home sad. They're mad because and then pretty soon they're saying, I'm never going again because it always rains. Now it doesn't always rain. But that one time can change everything. And it has nothing. It is out of your control. That touch point is out of your control. So you have to make sure that all of your touch points that you can't control are good and strong and thought through. And that's a big list sometimes. But it's important because you can only control what you can control. 100%. Yeah, so you try to have as many good ones to to drown out the bad ones because the bad ones are going to happen. I mean, nobody's perfect, you know.
0: Right. No, that's absolutely right. And what ends up happening is when you are authentic and you put out a message that's true and real, and it's separate from the competition, and you have a unique point of differentiator, you're the only blank that does blank, and you have a message that compels, and you put it in a way that's really going to connect with people, and you get enough frequency. It's going to be successful. It's just that simple.
1: Well, and I mean, I think some of the other benefits too, I mean, price, right? I mean, people don't shy away from quality and they don't shy away from things that they believe are better for them, you know, and and they believe in the product. They believe in the brand. They're not going to start price shopping you around. They're going to, they're going to accept that your value, they're going to trust that it's a good value. They're going to trust that what you're selling them is authentic and real and of a good value that it's worth investing in?
0: Well, that trust comes from loyalty and the loyalty comes from having um, put out a brand promise that is met. And so when that brand promise is met, I trust um, that you're going to do it the same way that way every time. And so now I'm loyal to you. And when I'm loyal to you, I'll then become an advocate for you. And that advocacy is word of mouth marketing. But none of that happens. There's no trust. There's no loyalty. There's no advocacy without authenticity. And so that's why it has to start there. And how can you authentically be different? You've got to have something that's really unique that doesn't look and sound like everybody else. And it has to be, you know, it has to go back to really knowing who your target audience is. That's why focus is first. That who is everything. Everything. Because I find more often than not, people mismatch their marketing efforts and waste a lot of money because they're trying to talk to people who are not their target audience.
1: Well, and, and to be honest with you, it writes itself. If you know that answer, if you know the who, the what,
0: the how <laughs> and the where? if you know, the who and the why. There you go.
1: The what follows pretty easily. Because it, it, it kind follows of follows
0: easily for you because you're a copywriter. I don't I don't know how many more times I can tell well, you that. No, but this just like uh, you put a piece of paper and a pen in front of me and tell me to draw a logo, we're gonna be sitting there for a long time. Because yes. there's no logo coming out of my fingers.
1: Okay. Well, I I get that. But I'm just saying the understanding of it though. Like you you may not be able to write write the things yourself or put things out yourself, but but understanding those, those answers, it also defines how you run your business. It also helps. I I,
0: dis, I disagree. And here's the thing. I think you short sell the talent that you have and the craft that you've been trained for, because here's the thing. You put that pen in front of my hand and you tell me to go work on step three, right? Which is connection. It's what we're going to say to them. You know what you're going to get back from me? A list of features, because I am not a creative writer. And so you're going to get a list of features that this is when the company was founded and this is how many employees it has. And these are the products that they've got. And these are the things the products do do that are better than other things. And at the end of the day, that feature creature, that list of stuff matters to no one because I'm just talking about the company. I'm not talking about the target audience. I'm not making it about them. They don't feel seen or heard or connected to with this list of features. And that's our natural inclination. When somebody says, what do you do? We naturally answer the question. Oh, I work at an ad agency. Well, that's not compelling. No one cares. Now, if I said, oh, well, we help businesses find their secret sauce and identify their competition's kryptonite. And we use that power to elevate and change the conversation in a way that our clients grow by upwards of 50% a year. Well, now they're interested in that. You
1: see the difference? Yeah, but you said secret sauce. and I'm not really into that. I hate that. I hate that phrase. I don't know why.
0: You know why I said secret sauce, Michael? Because I'm not a writer. (laughs) It is a skill set. I'm not going to ask you to create a media buy. I'm not going to ask you to go map out a strategy and you stop acting like writing is easy. It's easy for you because you're really good at it.
1: Okay. Thank you.
0: I mean, we can pretend like I'm not complimenting you or you can just own it. The compliment.
1: No, and I, I get that. I, I just I'm not not to no, take away from it. Yes, I think you have to find the right people to to help you do this stuff. You know, I mean, sometimes you're naturally good at it. Um, sometimes you're not. Sometimes you, you wear blinders because you think you know the answer. Just like I find that more with um, certain personality types. They have the answer. And it's like, usually that's not going to be a good relationship for us. And it's probably not going to work out well for them long term, as far as their marketing goes. Because if it's about you, I mean, it goes back to um, you remember that company that had they wanted a billboard out in the highway next to their office yeah. so they could see it every day.
0: <laughs> yeah, and
1: they, it, it, it was totally like like. Not to be there. clear,
0: what they wanted was a billboard, and I said, "Why do you want a billboard? Your most of your target audience does not live on this in this market, and so this community. Uh, and so they're like, no, no, we want a billboard." So I put it right by their company because they wanted to see it every day for them. So that's where it went and they were so happy. And then I got to go do all the other things that actually made sense and made them a lot of money. So sometimes, you know, you just have to know what it is your client wants.
1: But you have to be a believer in it. You have to understand that the process let it and to let it work. I mean, we have a um, a client that's super involved with everything we do. We meet with him once a week and I think he really enjoys the marketing process and um and it's and we learn so much about him in these conversations. It's, it's actually very rewarding because we learn about his business and actually helps our business because he runs a very good business. But at the same time, he lets us do what we do, and it's it's a cooperative um, partnership. You know, it really works well. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, Jack, are you're not. You're on those I calls do. too. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 because he values it, I mean, you have to value this stuff. You have to under, you know, like what is a brand if you don't believe in it, if you don't value wh- what it's about and how it can help you long term, then, you know, it's, it's probably not going to get there the way it's supposed to be, at least.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: So. All right. Well, I think that's about it for today. OK. Um, is this
0: gone the way you wanted it? Was this what you were hoping for? I don't know. OK. I don't know. <laughs> I don't right. know, but we will do
1: it again. We'll have a guest probably next time. So if you are listening, uh, stay tuned for that. We've had some really good ones. Um,
0: We've had some great ones. And we have a few really good ones lined up. I'm excited about.
1: Yeah, they're all like like successful, smart people. And I think you can learn from them. And I love the conversations that we have with them. Um, and I think we'll break it up with some things with just us too. Um, trying to build build our audience. So if you are listening, please like and share. Um, and uh, if you have a copy of Razor if they've Branding, they made it
0: all the way to this point, Michael. They're related to us.
1: I know no one's still listening. <laughs> I, I mean, really, I could probably say anything right now because they probably tune in for a little bit and they're gone, unless they're driving or they're on a trip or something. You know,
0: or they can't figure out how to work their phone and make it stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, or they fell asleep and it's just running right now.
0: Oh yeah, so like we're in their dreams. But. If
1: you are, you can get a copy of, um, he said, she said, Razor Branding at Amazon. It's a really good read. I think it's not real heavy, Um, but it's got lots of good information. in it. Um, Like I said, please like and share our podcast and um, recommend it to all your friends.
0: Excellent. Well done, Michael Russo. Well, I'm trying,
1: but no, but I was saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the next time we're going to talk about, um, I think we're going to go into the five R's.
0: Oh, good. that will be a That'll good be conversation. Fun. Yeah.
1: It's like, yeah. that's our, our principles of branding. Again, we didn't create any of them. We just kind of um, borrowed from here and there and put them together because we think they'll work. They're well, all here's like- the
0: thing. This is what I like to think is that we took the core root and foundation and principles and we've updated them for a modern age through a branding lens. And when you do that, you've got something that's going to work. And, I, you know, when you put all this together back in 2005 and it was like, okay, we have this thing and it's trademarked and it's ours. And then it, it made it through social media, 08, 9, 10, And it's made it through this digital revolution and it's made it through um, the loss of traditional media. And it still actually probably makes more sense today than it used to. I, I think we did something good there.